Yeah, we got a bear in our neighborhood. It's tearing people. It's like literally tearing people's fences down, and doing all sorts of nonsense that a giant black bear will do. But you know, there's a fifty-fifty chance because I walk the dog very late that I'm going to get mauled by a bear. Excellent. So I, I do. I do figure all I have to do is be faster than Moxie, the dog. Which I don't know that you would be. I've seen you run. She's fifteen. I might be able to beat her. But you are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode one ninety six, side B. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today and the things you <laughs> you loved yesterday. I, I, you have I, to love because it's a Care Bears. Oh, oh my God. And I didn't even realize the fact that I was talking about a bear at the top of the show. And it wasn't, maybe it's just a thematic bear. Maybe that's just here for this week because of what we're doing. Well, that's, that's his name, thematic bear. Yeah. You know, it's, I kind of wish my that, name. like... I kind of wish that one of the, like, the starlets from, like, uh, Range of the Nerds 2 or something would have shown up pre- the previous weeks, but no. Alas. My name is Poops-A-Lot-Bear, and I'm joined this week by Dead Drifters in the Crawl Space Bear. Sup? This is a Side B episode, and this week we are going to talk about the Care Bears... Adventures in Wonderland. Yep. And of course, we'll answer our Give Me Five question of the week. Yep. Something came up for our, our third co-host, Bad Decision Bear. And the painful thing is, he already watched the movie and isn't going to get a chance to talk about it. So he did the homework, but didn't get to turn it in. And it was painful. It was. So, that being said, this is a review show. We're going to review the Care Bears Adventures in Wonderland. Don't be pissed if we spoil it, because it's not really worth your time to watch. And if you are pissed that we spoiled it, we don't care. Send your emails to Greg. He likes to laugh at them while he poops. Uh, so are you I Don't Care Bear? Is that your... Is that your what, what, what would your little chest symbol be? No, I'm Poops a Lot Bear. Even though you like to laugh at emails while you poop, I am still poops a lot bear. Uh, my my the little the little icon on my tummy would probably be that little shit emoji. Yeah, mine is like a dead stick figure with like a little X's for eyes and like a a hatchet dripping in blood up floating above it. Something like that. No, no, no. It w- it would be it would be a stick figure with with X's over its eyes. Underneath, like, a little platform with stairs on it. Ah. Yes. Okay. We're just going to jump right into the movie here, because it's the third Care Bears movie, and we're going to give it all the respect it deserves. And this episode may be really short, because neither one of us really want to talk about this movie. Maybe we can just pretend it was the third host thing. He loved it. He was, I mean, he just talking our ear off. He was, he was like going to get the logo tattooed on his butt. He I watched he it in it. a room full of Care Bears. But I, anyway, tell I us about that, actually. the Care Bears Adventures in Wonderland. Well, Care Bears Adventure in Wonderland was released on August 7th of 1987. It was directed by Raymond Jaffelis, and it stars, alive? what's that? Is he still alive? I don't know, because we've killed a whole bunch of people this past week. I even forgot to mention that on the uh, on the last episode, we lost another wrestler. Beautiful Bobby Eaton passed away. But um, it stars Bob Dermer, Ava Almos, Dan Hennessy, Jim Henshaw, Marla Lukowski, Luba Goy, Keith Knight, Tracy Moore, Colin Fox, John Stalker, Keith Hampshire. And the synopsis, nice and short, 
the Care Bears and Alice set out to stop an evil wizard from taking over Wonderland. That's about right. The guy, Raymond Jeff Elise, I just looked him up. He is doing well. He is working on Paw Patrol. Oh. Canadian. This movie is Canadian, made by a Canadian production company. Mm-hmm. The Paw Patrol is Canadian, made by a Canadian production company. So he is doing okay, I guess, in the world of Canada. And so that that synopsis may be a little a little simplified. Basically, what happens is the the queen the queen of Wonderland's daughter is kidnapped by the evil wizard who plans to keep her kidnapped until the queen is forced to give the crown to him because the daughter can't be crowned. Now, since the queen is still one hundred percent capable, I still don't understand why she had to crown her daughter and had to give up the crown. Um, cause her daughter's like, I don't know, 12. Um, but J- J- <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Jafar cause he looked like Jafar. Um, it's actually Jafar's cousin, Janir. Um, <laughs> and, and he was keeping the prison, the princess, ho- uh, prisoner and was hoping to have the crown passed to him. So the Care Bears show up with a princess lookalike whose name is, oh, go figure, Alice. And they go to Wonderland and they try and have Alice pose as the princess so that uh, Janir can't get the crown. So you're saying that the Care Bears are lying swine? They are, in fact, lying swine. Interesting. So because this movie was kind of weird... Extraordinarily boring. Really, uh, really boring. Like, like I put it this way. You know, we always do the initial thoughts. And I, I, my initial thought actually came to me the next day. I watched it. I was kind of tired. Came to me the next day that I was like, you know, I'm not a drug person. You're not a drug person. Um, Omar probably not is not a drug person either. But anymore, every <laughs> you. No, I don't. I don't think he is. I don't think he ever was. The, but I I knew them in high school. I hung out with the metalheads. So, but every so often you would talk to the drug people in high school, and they would give you the breakdown of whatever they did, you know, on the weekend. Like, oh man, I did LSD. It was so good. It was this, whatever. Every so often they would be like, yeah, man, I took LSD, but it was really weak. I like barely hallucinated, and that's what this movie was. Like, it tried to be weird. Kind of wasn't was weak drug. Yeah, like it was, it was the drugs that someone had like mixed some pencil shavings in, diluted like, with water. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. So, and that uh, that that was my opinion of this movie. I, I was hoping it would be crazy wacky crap that we could talk about, but it was just uh, bad LSD in a uh, in a weak way. The you you know the one thing that stuck with me during this movie? A hemorrhoid? Yeah, well, aside from that. In the middle of the movie, they're doing this musical number. And they make a friggin' W.C. Fields reference. And I'm like, holy shit, is that a W... Wasn't that old even then? So I had to look it up. This movie was made in 1987. W.C. Fields died in 1946. (laughs) So, like, our grandparents' parents mourned his death. Yes. And it's like, what? Why why are they referencing W.C. Fields in a kid's movie 41 years after he died? Because he also wasn't really a kid's movie star. <laughs> well, uh, in Canada, maybe they just learned that. Oh. Maybe it took that long for the, for the news to get over there. I definitely blame Canada. Howdy yeah. ho! <laughs> uh, so this, uh, let me, let's talk about Care Bears real quick. All right. I, I, I actually, because I couldn't really do much information find much information about this movie specifically uh i didn't really have much of a 
understanding of Care Bears, or I didn't know much about them when it was the 80s. I was busy playing with toys that were badass and not lovey-dovey. <laughs> um, you know, G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man, the, the triumvirate of goodness. And of our apparently childhood. Care Bears were originally just a – they're based on a, like a, a painting of these like little bears that were made for American greetings for a greeting card. And they took that and made it into a, a series of plush bears in 19. So that was 1981 in 83, they made it into a series of plush bears and then they really, the bears started selling well. So they released a movie called a uh, mm-hmm. care bears in the land without feelings. It's about, a, I think I actually remember that one. I saw anesthesia. one of these as a kid and I liked it. Uh, it's it about was anesthesia, not right? This one, yeah, no feeling, or maybe it's about like someone that sat on the toilet too long and their legs got numb. The yes. land I, I remember. I remember the big moment at the end of the movie where they all lined up and they said, "Care Bear Stare," and they all launched the shit out of their tummies. Gotcha. Uh, there was another movie in 1985. So the other one was like a. a a TV movie, then they put one in the theaters. Um, where and the, the movie's dark, man. Like the TV show was very much of the greeting card thing where everything was lovey and dovey. Mm-hmm. But the first, uh, 1985 movie, uh, the care the story is the Care Bears watch over a brother and sister who lost literally lost faith in humanity, and the mm-hmm. evil wizard is wanting to basically seal the entire world in concrete, uh, which was the plot. So you got kids that are depressed wow. and someone that basically wants to murder everyone in the slowest, most painful way possible. Um, All right. And it's it's weird because we're, I'm talking about this and American Greetings, card company, they actually created a bunch of other stuff for the 80s that mm-hmm. like, we know. And I, did, and I wasn't aware of this. Their, bir- their first big like, creation was the Get Along Gang. Which I heard of, I don't remember it. I remember the Get Along Gang. I don't really remember too much about them, but I know the name. Yeah, uh, Strawberry Shortcake. They okay. Created. I know Strawberry Shortcake. Yeah, and uh, the Popples. <gasps> I, I had a Popple. I did not have a Popple. I wanted a Popple. I didn't have one. I had the blue one. Oh, nice. That's that was that is some strong Popple action. But. I'm waiting for the Strawberry Shirtcake versus Care Bears uh, epic uh, movie crossover. Throwdown? Where we where we see, like, Care Bears ripping Strawberry Shortcake limb from limb. I just watched Suicide Squad. Did you notice that? <laughs> Speaking of ripping things limb and from limb. And I'm sure we will discuss that this following week. Yeah. Or yeah. later this week. Yep. Uh, so that's... Uh, then they um, eventually added uh, some new characters a uh, true heart bear uh oh, sorry true yeah. oh, i'm sorry that those were characters the the other characters had not appeared into in movies like the non-bear characters um did not really appear until till this third movie i don't think there's like a random lion and stuff uh this is the only movie as of 2019 that has not appeared on dvd or blu-ray uh, in any place other than Australia, and I'm assuming Canada. Really? And, uh, yeah. But they did get all the way up to the third Care Bears movie because the first one, for a while, was the largest grossing non-Disney animated film at that point. This Which one first was? I was like, okay, yeah, non-Disney. So at first I was like, well, that's a... No, no, the first one, the first Care Bears movie, not the third oh. one. Oh. That's how they got to the third one because the first one made so much money. But I was trying to think about it, and, like, I guess this happened before Land Before Time. The Hobbit one was, like, in the 70s. That was a little bit weird, maybe, and the money was... Like, I can't, I'm trying to think of what other animated movies. Like, there's The Last Unicorn and that dragon thing, or the Wizards movie came out. But those, I don't think, would have been high-grossing. So, it kind of makes sense. Um, you know, it won because it was the only one. So, now I know more Fair about enough. Care Bears, and I've forgotten something important, I'm sure, as a result. Probably how to breathe. <laughs> nope, I'm good. 
So, uh, what do we want to do here? I don't know if it's worth talking about the plot other than just to kind of talk a little bit about some of the things that happened. Because I told you to live text this movie to me, so I grabbed some of the stuff that you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, the really the first big sequence is them starting to look for this princess. Well, right? for the princess lookalike. Yeah. Yeah. So looking for the princess lookalike, and they do this... What you know, I'll make another Epcot reference because I miss Epcot, where like they go to like these really stereotypical versions of the countries. Like, <laughs> and what was hilarious about this is I was watching it with my friend Jimmy, who's Chinese, and they get to the scene where they're looking in China, and it's a scene of a Care Bear holding up a picture to this. To this person in one of those uh, Chinese... Um, the well, rice the, hats. Yeah. The, it's like a hat. rice paddy hat thing. Yeah, the rice paddy hat. And the picture is upside down. Because they're on the other side of the world. And I started laughing. And my friend Jimmy is like, oh, that's right. Now I know why my parents didn't let me watch this. <laughs> And I asked him later if it was really offensive, and he's like, "No, nah, I was just up around." But, it, but it, like, I found it's it kind so of funny amusing. what they what it's funny what they do because, like, you know, if I ever go to France and I don't see someone in like a striped shirt with a beret, I'm gonna feel really like and a scarf. Out. Yeah, right. And I'm like, because they have, of course, they go right there, and they're it's like, yeah, but that's really the mimes, too. bro. That's the mime I'm, outfit. I'm really convinced that there's no that there's not that many mimes around France. I I think they're everywhere. I think there's I think mimes in France are like McDonald's here. <laughs> there's one like on every other corner. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to figure that out someday. I think it's a cultural thing. I think the I have France on the brain because I just finished watching the Olympic uh, closing, and that's where it's going next year, or not next year, technically three years. And uh, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go and I will report back to you guys on how many mimes it cost me. There's uh, like roving gangs of mimes, right? <laughs> they don't actually hit you; they just act it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They, they of course have the Mexican one, which is a dude that you can't see his face because the giant sombrero is over it, and he's sleeping. Yeah, it's like of I don't know. It's just it's very very Epcot in a way, but. They just do that. And then, of course, after going all over the world, they sit down on one random bench in front of a house. And there's some kid there. And the kid's like, oh, I know her. Oh, she, she lives, lives in right house. there. Seriously? <laughs> also, the song. Did you want to talk about the song? <laughs> do you, you don't happen to have the lyrics, do you? I do. Be- I oh, you do. After, I looked them up after you were horrified. Because I was listening to this song, and and I'm like, man, this is this is kind of a basic song. All right, so I started listening to it, and I'm like, holy shit! If you if you listen to this song like it's being sung by a pedophile, it is really disturbing. Yeah. So would you be surprised if I told you that the guy that wrote the song is in prison right now for pedophilia? Are you are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I am, but okay. But based based on the based on the lyrics, I you know I wouldn't be surprised. It's like wow, the lyrics are: Has anybody seen this girl? She's so young and small. Has anybody seen this girl? She's about. I didn't get all of the lyrics, but the ones that were important. Has anybody seen this girl? She's about this tall. We might have to look all over the world, and apparently in China, upside down. Uh, Here's a little picture. For a quick reminder, so he's basically got – he's running around the world, or they're running around the world, but this picture of this little girl, uh, and accosting random ethnically uh, – Diverse. Ex- yeah, ethnically diverse people uh, with a picture of this random little girl and talking about how young and small she is, and they need her right now. So I need to take her away. Yeah. And the song isn't good either. That's no. the other thing. 
this this movie is a musical, and I hate musicals even when they're good. And this was not. So every time a music sequence came on, I had to like reel myself back in and like wake myself up or stop doing whatever it was I was doing. Um. So that's the big thing there. They find this girl, and then there's a lot of splitting up into different teams, and. Uh, I guess it's because the white rabbit came and it's like, oh, you have to do this thing. And like I said, yeah, not, I sh- really, not really I'm doing a plot I'm still not sure here. why they split up once they got to Wonderland. Because, well, didn't one of the characters tell them to? Yeah, but I still didn't understand it. I'm like, <laughs> what? What? Probably the same Oh, somebody went to find the Mad Hatter and the others went to get Alice to the palace. Yeah, I believe it was to save money on animation. We don't have to draw all of them in the same scene. It's cheaper. So, yeah, there's... I guess the White Rabbit knows the Care Bears because he's related to one of the non-Care Bear friends. The Care Bear Cousins, I believe, is what they were called. Yeah, Swiftheart Rabbit. Yep. They end up going to Wonderland, and, like, there's really only one little aspect of... Like, the animation was okay. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but... There was one little thing where, like, I think the White Rabbit has a bunch of patterns appear on him when he's when they're going to uh, Wonderland. That was, like, the only thing I thought that was, like, okay, that's interesting. Everything else was so boring, and Wonderland was not weird at all. No. Like, no, I wanted, no. weird, they, I wanted they weird They even tried, and, and it was like, oh, this is, this is weird. And I'm like, no, it's really not. Like, they show, like, a giant field that could have been, like, on, I don't know, in, like, nebraska or something it's like this smoothly rolling field with a few trees here and there like the ground wasn't rainbow color there wasn't like bent over it was trees checkerboard yeah but i mean that could be a you know, a mowing pattern so yeah it was just it wasn't weird enough like i said subpar acid and okay boss they meet who is that? There's the the dude with the sign. Was that a bug? Right? I don't remember what he was. What dude with the sign? I don't even that? remember the dude with the sign. It was like they get to like a dude that had like a bunch of like signs going different directions, and he was he was like a oh he was like a traffic cop bug. Oh, the caterpillar. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah, he tells them where to go, and um, one of the other things I guess that that you did mention, and I think it's uh, much later. Uh, let's talk about the wizard. Let's talk. The, so. I swear to God, I'm I'm 100% certain that the wizard in this movie was the basis for Jafar. Yeah. So Jafar, what, three, four years later? And this guy looks exactly like him. Uh, did you catch the one fucked up frame with him, though? Was it during his song? Yes. Where his, like, where his, like, face gets all, like, warped and... It looks crazy. like really evil for like a split second. Yes. I was yeah. like, holy shit. <laughs> I will put that on our Instagram. I got a freeze frame of it. It's creepy. Nice. Like out of, like, you know that this anime, there's some animator, like maybe if I just make like a three frames, they won't catch it. Cause it's like, yeah, like he. Oh, it's, it's super noticeable. Yeah. He looks. So there, there is a sequence in this where it looks a lot like Pink Floyd, the wall. Mm-hmm. The the judgment thing, sequence at the end of the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the face looks a lot like that. The the flowers, very vaginal flowers. Uh, and the um, there's even like a big pedestal podium thing that's like really looming and stuff. And he his whole the wizard's whole thing is he wants everything to be like gray, gray and the same and nothing. Wonderland's weird. not too far off from that already <laughs> like, well, you're not wrong like do something weird like maybe the animators didn't get good LSD either like oh yeah look this is so fucked up man look I made this grass green okay yeah and this tree is over there <laughs> okay great Oh, I know what we'll do. We'll make the Cheshire Cat rap. <laughs> he was the only good character in the entire movie. 
and he was to- it was totally an 80s thing having having some guy come in and and rap something to get the main characters to go where they needed to go that's that's totally an 80s thing and it was totally 80s rap too cuz it, it only had the drum beat like it was like yeah. him basically doing the rap over the drum beat it wasn't like when rap kind of changed after Aerosmith and Run DMC did their thing though technically it was after them but you know yeah it was that was actually the only thing that wasn't completely horrible I mean, the rap wasn't good, but no, I mean, but it was it still. You can, palatable. you can, yeah, you can totally see the '80s in that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, for some reason, it, it the the che- the rapping Cheshire Cat really reminded me of another movie that we've talked about on this podcast, and that's uh, the Last Dragon. Uh, uh... <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're, I could, yeah. I don't know if I would have made that connection, but okay, fair enough. The, the uh, it specifically the uh, fortune cookie shop where the three guys worked. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yes. So like, and that's actually where the Cheshire Cat tells them to split up. One has to find, you know, one group has to yeah. find the Cheshire Cat or the the Mad Hatter. The other one has to find the the princess. And. Let's see. I kind of missed the whole Queen of Hearts thing. She, like, there really she was wasn't there. anything to it. She was all over she, the place. Yeah, she or, was kind of there. Yeah, she she was there. She had like two scenes, and that was it. Yeah. And she was a little more friendly than the past Queen of Hearts that we've seen in like Disney movies and the book and stuff. Um, There is some Jabberwocky situation. There is. And... And, of course, Jabberwocky, everyone's scared of it, and it's evil. But, you know, this is a Care Bears movie, so you're not having the Jabberwocky, like, rip the head off of Birthday Bear or whatever. No. And he did this – they did this whole mouse and the lion thing. Yeah. Oh, the Jabberwocky's like a... just misunderstood. He's got a thorn in his palm. That's why he's so angry. We have to help him. What? Yeah. What so the shit? I get a, when I get a splinter – I become a murderous dragon. I, I can't even deal with it. <laughs> yeah, they do the throne in the paw thing. They help mount the, jar, the Jabberwocky. Is like, oh, yeah. And then, fucking Janeer has a book of wonder. Hello, what is that Jafar, a... the Cave of Wonders? Yep. I'm so, like, right, so you're saying oh the Canadian God, Care Bear people should have sued the hell out of uh, <laughs> Disney for Aladdin? Yeah. Maybe. Missed out. Jafar uh, was totally based on this guy, I swear to God. <laughs> so close. Not the only people that realize that either, by the way. Oh, are we not? Like, when doing research for this movie, there's not a lot there. But... There was, well, what I mean, it's really obvious. Like, if you've ever seen Aladdin, you know that he looks like Jafar. But if there was, like, one YouTuber that was like, why is this Jafar? Like, did a thing where they, like, looked at IMDb and they're like, this, oh, this movie came out first. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. It was an old YouTube, old YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so the wizard is trying to follow this messed up rule, you know, where he gets to become the king or whatever because the princess is missing and the care bears show up and and the oh and the the wizard wants to prove that Alice is not actually the princess, which I think he knows she's like captured by him, right? Is that what I'm yeah. to believe? Yeah, he knows she's not the princess and he knows that yeah. what the care bears are planning to do. So he's like, "Ah, oh, you can do the trial which what is it like? Climb a mountain, uh, kill a goat. Like I don't know what, what was the whole trial. Smear like, blood on her chest. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, smear blood on her chest. Um, like there's something with a unicorn, right? So like she, there's something with like magical water. Yeah, and she like she had to come down the, the she had to come down the mountain without spilling a drop or whatever. No, wait, <laughs> that's sneak us. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Let's see. 
She has to climb a mountain to retrieve some water from a spring. And that, but Tender Heart and Lots of Heart Bear actually help her. But she doesn't get a chance to get the water, so she doesn't. Have, I mean, she technically doesn't have to. She's allowed to spill a drop, but she can't spill all of it. But she does give it to a unicorn that's injured. Uh, the wizard is really pissed off and is like, okay, fine. If you're really the princess, you should make the flowers in the palace garden bloom magically. And the princess is hiding, and she makes them bloom. And the wizard's all pissed off, and then the Jabberwocky comes in and is like, these guys help my pa, and kills the shit out of the wizard. Well, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. And everything is good except for the movie. Yay. Yay, everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah. I'm like, as they, as they wrote, the Jabberwocky drives the villain insane, and he is arrested. The princess is crowned the new queen, and Alice and the Care Bears get to return home. I've always wondered on these movies where the kids like get sucked into a vortex. Like, what are the parents doing? And are they like, did on, you like, Crime Stoppers trying to like, did you, find their kids? Did you catch that little thing that I wrote there? That second line right there. Uh, did you see this one? I did not catch that. Actually, I saw you what you wrote. At at one point, they need a ride somewhere, and they're like, "Well, how are we gonna get there?" And the Jabberwocky lays his head down and goes, It's okay, princess, just climb up here. And points at his face. He basically, in the movie, told the princess to sit on his face. And she's like 12. Yes. I was like, what the shit? (laughs) I didn't catch it at the time. And then... When when she was on that trial to uh, go get the water up the mountain, she had to climb the mountain. And then when she came back down, she was using the stairs. I'm like, why didn't she just use the stairs on the way up? Yeah. It wouldn't be a fun trial. Hmm. She could have asked. She didn't even ask. Like, can I use those stairs? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh, great, great. I'll go do that. Excellent. It pays to ask, it pays to ask questions. Or else you're going to have to, you know, climb a... Like a rope ladder made out of Care Bears. So, that is the Care Bear movie. Uh, I want to test you, Rob. Okay. On what? A little game here. A little game here. I'm uh, going to ask you. Either I'll say the name of the bear and you can tell me what's on their chest. Oh, God. Or I'll say the name of, of the the icon, and you can tell me which is which. Uh, let's go with uh, Bedtime Bear. Um, I'm pretty sure Bedtime Bear has my poop on their chest. Yes, that's, that's correct. It, uh, no, it's a, it's a moon wearing a nightcap. There you go. Okay. Am I right? You are. You are. Birthday Bear. Birthday Cake. A cupcake, but we'll give it to you. Good luck, bear. Jamrock. Yep. Let's see. Grumpy bear. Pretty much the hero of this movie. Uh, rain cloud. Yep. This here's where it's gonna get confusing. Which one has two hearts on their chest? Love a lot bear or tender heart bear? Love a lot. Tender heart is one red heart. Wow, look at you. Uh, let's see. This one's tough. Uh, which one has a kite on their chest? Wasn't in this movie. Sir not appearing in this movie. That was do your best bear. <laughs> not a, I'm not making that up. Really? It's do your best bear has a kite on his chest? Yeah. Or on his belly? Yeah. Wow. I did I did uh, make up some bears to try to throw in there, but you got these all right, so you knew them too well. Uh, we have a tugs-a-lot bear. What's on his chest? <laughs> Good old tugs-a-lot bear. A banana. There you go. Uh, tie me up bear. Handcuffs. Excellent. Golden shower bear. It's like a big yellow raindrop. <laughs> and uh, Richard Ramirez bear, or Richard Ramirez bear, bear, 
also known as the Night Snuggler. Um, is a, a, a bandit mask. I was going to say a pentagram, like carved, and it's actually carved into his chest. And bleeding. So, yeah. Those are actually, oh. some of those were based on just random, like, fan art that I found online. I'm like, oh, God. I named them, but I was, like, looking at the pictures, I'm like, oh. Uh, I did find some history for what happened in this week, because, of course, this is the summer of 87. I don't know if he said that at the beginning. This is, this why is we're doing the summer of 87. Movie. Yeah, we're doing this movie because we did most of the other movies that came out this week. Uh, so we got stuck doing this. Yeah, because there and... were some other decent movies that came out this week. Like, um, what were the big movies that came out this week? I believe it was uh, Stakeout and Masters of the Universe, which we've already done. Yeah. We have not done Stakeout, but Stakeout, uh, I believe, would have been a good movie. Oh, shit, we could have done Back to the Beach. I actually, I actually own that. Do you? Not because I want it, because it was on a double DVD. Or Who's That Girl? That also came out this week. Nadine. Who's and that girl? Is, the is Care Bears Wonder. Adventure in Wonder. We picked the most boring movie that came out. Right? Uh, we tried. Uh, so speaking of Who's That Girl, this is some history. Uh, who's That Girl was one of Madonna's big returns to New York. Obviously, she became famous in the early 80s, but she had always thought it was going to be a very big deal to do events or play concerts at Madison Square Garden and she mm-hmm. did her premiere of Who's That Girl at Madison Square Garden and got and 10,000 people showed up to go see it. Madonna of course, you know, got her start in New York. Although I think she's from Michigan. Uh and Def Leppard Hysteria was released, mm-hmm. which we talked about in our patron chat. And Def Leppard Hysteria that uh was the album that almost never came out because the drummer almost killed himself in a car accident and got his arm ripped off, which, uh, Rob, you've played drums. Is it difficult to play drums if you are missing an arm? It is, in fact, a little bit difficult. Yeah, so that slowed down the production of the album. They, of course, he taught himself to play all of his drum bits uh, using one arm and two feet. And the album, when it finally came out, was really good. I mean, of course, everyone knows Pour Some Sugar On Me, a huge song. For a while, it was in the top. It was always in the top three on MTV's like hundred top videos of all time. It was always up there with uh, like Thriller was up there. Uh, Sledgehammer was up there. I and, wanna uh, be. We no can't afford that. We're gonna get sued. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, and uh, Dire Straits, Money for Nothing was always up there in that like top three, four videos. But for a while, pour some sugar on me. Big 80s metal hit. But of course, that didn't get popular till 88. But this album came out this week. And it's still one of those songs that if it comes on, you'll you'll find a lot of people in the audience go, oh! Yeah. Uh, Hysteria was on that. Of course, it's the name of the album. But I always thought that it's funny that that's like the most mellow song on the entire album, and it's called Hysteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love Bites, Animal, Rocket is a... Good album. I Animal to it Rocket. A lot. Animal, comma, Rocket. That was two. Gods of War, which is funny because you, it's like all like badass and hardcore and it's all about like Libya. And you hear like all these like like awesome Reagan quotes where he's like, they counted on America to be pacifist. And you picture like crazy ass Gaddafi. And then you look into what actually happened to him at the end and him cowering out of fear and, you know. But it's weird. It's those type of songs are always weird because it totally dates themselves to like they it, they could have only come out that year. But anyway, uh, that's the history. What did you find for the uh, the movies? Well, uh, this week in the box office, last week's release of The Living Daylights was number one. Number two was the first week for this movie. It was Stakeout. That was released this week in 1987. Number three was also its debut week, Masters of the Universe. Number four was La Bamba in its third week. The Lost Boys fell to fifth in its second week of release. RoboCop was holding strong at number six in its fourth week. Summer School was at number seven in its third week. Back to the Beach debuted at number 8. 
Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is still in the top ten after four weeks in re-release. It's because the VHS wasn't available. That's where Disney yeah. was. Doing and that. Who's That Girl debuted at number ten. Do you have the music? I actually do, believe it or not. Uh, finally reaching number one is U2 with I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. George Michael climbs up to number two with I Want Your Sex. Bob Seger falls to number three with Shakedown. Heart and Soul from Tapau climbs to number four. Suzanne Vega's Luca climbs to number five. Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine start to fall after reaching as high as number five. They're at number six now. Madonna's Who's That Girl was... Oh my god, that's was, just like the name uh, of the movie. Oh my god. Was climbing to number seven. Cross My Broken Heart falls to number eight. Heart falls to number nine with Alone. And hanging tight at number ten, it's What's It To You from Robbie Neville. And I sneezed. Ooh. I'm allergic to Tapa, apparently. Nice. Man, it's cool because we do this, and then I walk the dog, and I always listen to some of these songs. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Like, I hadn't heard Robbie Neville in forever. I hadn't, hadn't heard Tapa in forever. But they're totally songs that, like, this is... So this year was right also when my mom got her convertible. So mm-hmm. we would, like, cruise around, like, listening to this music while... You know, my, our last, like, visiting all the places in Pittsburgh that we used to like to go before we moved. So. Good songs. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, oh, I guess it's our top five question. Oh, my God. While you do that, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to queue up Alex's answer. And if you want to talk a little bit about patrons as well, since Alec is one of them, then you can. Well, guys, we do have a, pa- a Patreon, and if you would like to become a patron of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash giveme5podcast, and for just $5 a month, you can become a patron of our show and get access to our Discord chat, and with that, you'll get early access to things like the movie that we'll be reviewing, you'll get early access to the top five question, you'll even be able to submit your own top five questions. You will also get a birthday episode where you pick the movie, and we come up with a top five list about you. Now, there are higher ranges where you'll get access to things like show notes. You'll get to curate an episode and come on and join us for an episode. Remember, guys, that's patreon.com slash giveme5podcast. And we love our patrons. We do, and every little bit helps, guys. Well. Does that take long enough for you? It did. I have. I've, okay, so here's the thing that I did. Now, what you guys don't know out there is that I I play the voicemail for our hosts, but I then edit in a cleaner copy of it because I have to play it on my phone because you know we don't have the software available to actually play it live. But it always cuts off for one reason or another. Which, what that means is when it cuts off, these jackasses laugh, and I can't get real life like reaction to these voicemails. So it sounds like they're the voicemails are coming in and there's no one listening to them, but that's because I have to cut out laughters, laughter and whatnot. So either way, do you have go ahead and ask the question and we will hear from our patron right away. All right. So the question that we decided on this week was what were your top five classic literature uh Remakes, I guess? Movies that were based off of a classic literature story. Yeah, but not like the Romeo and Juliet movie. or Right, not Brian one that Rogers. was a direct translation. We were looking for more of inspiration and... Um, what did I say it was? Inspiration and uh, relation? It's technically, it's technically an allegory, but allegory is very broad. Right. We were looking for inspiration and relation, not direct translation. There you go. There you go. Um, is Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies one of them now that I say Pride and Prejudice? No. Because it has the name in it? 
Um, yeah, well, that's that's really more of just a remake of Pride and Prejudice with a couple of scenes of zombies added in. Ah. But, no, wait, that's the book, though. I guess, the because the movie was a little bit more... A little bit more involved with the zombies, right? It wasn't like they used Correct. excerpts from Pride and Pride and Prejudice, Correct. Correct. and then just stuck episodes. Or they used the zombie. zombies. In. They, I think they used. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I think they used the zombies to explain why characters got sicknesses and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's been a very long time. Anyway, you know what? Should... I'll allow it. Uh, it's not on my list anyway. I was just you know, see if I should add it to my list. But anyway, here is our first. Top five question. Answer. Uh, this is Alec. Hey, give me five podcast. This is Alec. Top five movies based on classic literature that don't have the title of the movie. Um, this is a tougher list than I thought it would be, even once I realized the parameters were not just Shakespeare movies. But um, I did find some good movies here. So here we go. Uh, honorable mention. I'm going to put uh, Clueless. Just outside the, the top five, as an honorable mention. Uh, number five, I have Apocalypse Now, which is based on Hearts of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Number four, I have West Side Story, which is inspired by Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Number three, I have a tie between Ten Things I Hate About You. And I have um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You is based on a Shakespeare play. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? is based on the Odyssey. Number two, I have The Lion King, based on Hamlet. And then number one, uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies, Scrooge, which is based off of A Christmas Carol. Yep. So there's my list. Hope you like it. Talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. Very nice. There's three or four I didn't even think of. I tried to do this without researching. Mm-hmm. So I probably so I missed a lot of those. Um. Although, after the fact, so, like, the ones I did research, I kind of bumped down on the list because I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, I did not realize that Dark Knight Rises was loosely based on Tale of Two Cities. Yeah, neither did I. And I so wouldn't like, have included that one because it was, it was not something that I would have made the connection on. Mm-hmm. And this one, I, I get it, but it's this story has been told a million times, but The Nutty Professor is being based on Jekyll and Hyde. Right. Like, anytime, like, you could also say me, myself, and Irene. Anytime that someone is, you know. Split personality. T- split personality, that could be that. So I didn't use those because those kind of came afterwards. Okay. Um, I did, however, know that my fair fair lady was Pygmalion, and I don't know why I knew that. Mm-hmm. Ten Things I Hate About You, Taming of the Shrew. I used to hate that movie a lot. Then I went back and watched it. And it grows it. on you, doesn't it? When I first saw it, I saw it in the theater on a date. And when I first mm-hmm. saw it, my initial thought was the people that wrote this movie wrote it based on seeing a bunch of other high school movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then, like, it seemed almost parody without being parody. And then after he died... I was like, okay, I should go back and watch this because everyone's raving about it. Of course, you know, everyone was going nuts for uh, Heath Ledger's. Uh, Anything Heath Ledger. Yeah, so, like, we just wanted to see more because he had died, and then we knew he was going to be in the Batman movie. It hadn't come out yet, so I rented it. I'm like, oh, this wasn't as bad as I thought. So that's mm-hmm. uh, my number four. Number three, Clueless is based on Emma. Number two, a book I read my senior year of high school, Hearts of Darkness. That was Apocalypse Now. Uh and I wrote a whole paper about how those two movies were related, or the movie and book were related. And uh, number one, Lion King is Hamlet. Yeah. Lion King is a fabulous movie. Uh, also, if you stick around after the end music, Rob will talk for eight hours about the live-action version of Lion King. And how it's a steaming pile of shit. And he will just talk about it forever. You can just tune in for the next eight hours of your life or not. The live-action Lion King is garbage. Shame on you, Disney. Shame. Shame. Hit the bell, Greg. I said after the credits. Shit. Music. All right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be there for it. I've already had to edit two of those rents. All right. Well, I'll give you my list. Um, 
I at number five, I'll put She's All That, which is a, another remake of Pygmalion. At number four, I've got Oliver and Company. Ah. Which is Oliver, Oliver Twist. Twist. At number three, I've got West Side Story. Absolute classic based off another classic. At number two, I've got one that I really, really enjoyed. And I walked out of the theater going, is it wrong to be in love with a 16-year-old girl even if she's really 21? I'm not comfortable. (laughs) That's easy A, which is the Scarlet Letter. Uh, right? I yeah. loved Emma Stone in that movie. Acceptable. And number one, of course, is Lion King. Yep. The live-action Lion King. No. You, Greg. No. <laughs> Do I need challenge. to recount why the live-action Lion King is absolutely garbage? Are you going garbage? to cha- challenge me to a West Side Story-style dance? Uh, what are they called? Like a gang battle? Like a knife fight? That's right. Sharks and the Jets, baby. Yep. So, that is our list and our lovely review of the Care Bears uh, Adventures in Wonderland. Don't watch it. We didn't even bother to do the remake whatever thing. Uh, if the people find people at Care Bears Incorporated decide to release a 3D animated version of this, no. Just don't. Uh, we will pass. Unless one of our patrons decides they want to make us watch it for their birthday episode. You assholes. <laughs> They're lovely people. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if you want to reach out to us, uh, check out Gimme5Podcast.com. You can check us out by searching Facebook, Gimme5Podcast, because remember, you always have to spell the five, F-I-V-E, uh, to the end of time because of one podcast that lasted 20 episodes that has our name. Uh, You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, I will put up the scary-ass picture of the Jafar dude. And Uh, you should should also do a a Jafar and a Janir. Say, what are the... uh, Are these the same guy? Yeah, I I will try to... I can can pull that together. Uh, So that is Gimme5Pod on Twitter or Instagram. And, uh... Let's see. What else? Uh, yeah. and you, Or you can email us. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. And you can yell at Rob for really liking the Easy A movie. It was a cute movie. Shut your mouth. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. And remember, we want you to give us five. To a time we-